All right, I'd like to welcome everyone to the first episode of the Final Play podcast. My name's Gunner. I'm joined by my co-host, Blake. And uh, yeah, this is our first episode. We're going to be talking a little bit about, you know, what the podcast is going to be about, what you can kind of expect from us. And then we're going to jump into like a full episode. We're going to talk some Stanley Cup playoffs. We're going to talk some NBA playoffs. And then we're going to go into some MLB overreaction, underreaction after the first kind of month and a half season. So, uh, Blake, you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Blake. Um, going into like teams that I'm really going to be favoring on this podcast is mainly Arizona sports. I do have a few favorite teams depending on the sport, though, so it's not always going to be Arizona biased, unlike this asshole over here. What? I okay. First of all, <laughs> just so everyone knows, baseball is my main sport. Love baseball. Big baseball fan over everything else. Big St. Louis Cardinals fan. It's been a rough fucking year. It's been a rough year. Okay. That's an understatement. Um, I am from the Pacific Northwest, though, so I do root for a lot of the Seattle teams when it comes to like football. Except for the Mariners. Kraken. Yeah, fuck the Mariners. Um, fuck Mariners fans. Worst franchise in American sports history. And um, yeah, and I don't want to hear any bullshit about like, how, how can you not be a Mariners fan? Listen, when I was growing up, I was a catcher. Still am a catcher. Okay. Yadi Molina was just the person you watch as a catcher to learn how to be a catcher. It's you fair enough. You watch that man work. So I, ever since I was a kid, I watched Cardinals games. I watched Yadi. I'm a Cardinals fan. Yadi's a legend. Care. It's understandable. Yachty's a legend. But it's a tough year for you guys. It's a tough year. We're turning it around. Cardinals are back. Cardinals are hot. We're on a two-game winning streak. <laughs> I mean, what more could you want? What more could you want? But, you know, we'll get into that Better later. starting pitching? I don't know. We'll, we'll get into that later. We'll get into that later. So, yeah. Um, what can people expect out of this podcast? Coverage of baseball season mainly right here. We are going to cover a little bit of NHL and NBA playoffs just because that is exciting to watch. We're definitely going to be focusing a little bit more on baseball and football in the beginning stages of this podcast, but after a while, we will be branching out. Like Gunnar said, he's more of a baseball guy. I do watch a lot of these sports and do understand them a decent amount to an extent, at least with the advanced stats. So we are going to have some knowledge about other things, but football and baseball are going to be our bread and butter in the beginning. Hockey, we are getting back into because it is exciting to watch hockey again, especially with the Kraken. It has been fun watching them play in this playoffs. They're a very unsuspecting team. I did not expect this from them in the playoffs this year. Yeah, the reality of the situation is we're starting this podcast while NHL and NBA playoffs are happening, right? Yeah. So there's not a whole lot we can do. NBA, we'll cover some regu- we'll cover regular season storylines, um, but to like NHL, if you're looking for in-depth regular season covers, this is likely never going to be the podcast. Not at all. We will talk like, about playoffs when it's fun to watch. We just can't keep up with NHL th- when basketball is going on and football. Well, I mean, it, kind of the same thing with the NBA. I'd say like the NBA is not fun until the playoffs start. Like that's uh, just that's just the reality of the situation. At least in the NBA, though, you have those stars that will put a big game, so it is fun to watch the games sometimes, depending on the storylines that are going play. on. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that. Don't get me started on that one. I don't like that thing. But yeah, at least with that, there's some good storylines. The NHL, I'm just so lost on it now. I don't really know well, the storylines going on. You being a Phoenix Suns fan, you know that if Katie is still on the Suns next year and like Chris Paul, he is will still be. On the Suns next year. Chris Paul is unlikely. I don't know about that one. But Katie and but you know, like Chris Paul and Devin Booker are only going to share the court together on like opening day. <laughs> 
any game where the Suns might be a little bit below. And then the playoffs. Yeah, then I, the get play- I get it. Yeah, I get okay. it. I get it. I get where you're going with this. Point. Chris that's Paul's injured point. a lot. I get it. No, I get no, it. No, 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 no. My point is all NBA stars are quote unquote injured a lot. No, it's time management. <laughs> load management. Load, load management. management. My bad. I always forget it's load management. It's the dumbest shit ever. Yeah, so we're going to cover sports where the athletes aren't soft. And um, and then those, and then, yeah, we'll cover the NBA when it's playoffs, which it is right now. So yeah. NBA will be talked about a little bit in this episode. So, okay. yeah. Um, should we just jump into some Stanley Cup playoff Absolutely. updates? A little, yeah, a little, um, little, yeah, little, little hockey. A little hockey. Yeah. So a little, little sprinkle for a little, any little hockey bit. fans that might be listening. I mean, Panthers going up three on the Maple Leafs is just heartbreaking for Toronto fans. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> they finally have a playoff win, a playoff series win, and then the next round they show exactly who they are again, and they're just gonna get wiped with the floor with the Panthers out of everyone. Toron- the Florida Panthers. <laughs> Toronto is like just forever in the Andy Dalton Bengals cycle. <laughs> Like we're gonna they, make the playoffs. They make the playoffs. We're not gonna be good but in the playoffs. Like, <laughs> the season's over. Like making the playoffs, that's all they need. Uh, some would also that's say the do. St. Louis Cardinals of the NHL. No, the Cardinals have won eleven World Series championships. Not as recently as what I'm saying. But okay, you cannot take like the past like four years of the Cardinals getting bounced in the first round and say that's it's fair their enough. legacy. It's fair like enough. the bank. The Bengals were a much better comparison. Yeah. Are you really going to expose how dog shit your sports knowledge is in game or in episode one? You're really going to come out here and show people like you're like, hey, I don't. It's been a dry spell for about like 11 years for you guys. I just say things. I just say things. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe they'll make sense. Maybe. Make a lot more sense than you. (laughs) Yeah. But this will be interesting. Uh, Florida Panthers are looking a little dangerous, honestly. Florida was an eight seed, too. I know. It's a little like whenever i watched hockey florida panthers were always a struggling franchise never really had anything they were just like the charlotte hornets of the nhl couldn't do anything and now me coming back to watch hockey and they're like this now it's a little off-putting honestly i don't know what to think of it well you lived in florida i mean they had no following i lived in the tampa area so it was all about the lightning when i lived there yeah but they so where is the Florida? Are they? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it could be Tallahassee. It could be like Miami. I have no clue. That was something I was curious about. Uh, like I was just, to, I hate it when sports teams do that and they claim it a whole state unless, um, unless you're like Montana. Like you can have the whole state of Montana. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. No one cares about it. Miami. They're in the okay. Miami area, okay. which is very interesting. I would have thought they would be a lot more popular then. I would have thought they would have been a like hockey a lot is not hotter. a Florida sport. That's why it's weird that they have two teams. That's true. Like, yeah, I understand New York having three teams and Canada having all the teams. Like the Northeast region having as many teams, but with Florida having two teams, it's just odd. Okay, but both of them are good now, so I understand like why they do stick around. I just honestly thought eventually the Florida Panthers would get relocated because they just were never, they didn't have the fans in the stands. They were like the Miami Marlins where they had a nice stadium. They had like decent stuff, but they wouldn't get anybody in the seats. So it's very interesting. Miami is just like, it's a great location to have a sport. Absolutely. So, so like you, you have to be, you have to try really hard to fuck that up. Absolutely. And with time, like it makes sense that they're good now. Yeah. I think that series is over though. Like, I mean, 3-0. 
it's hard to come back from that. Uh, it's hockey. Hockey is a lot different of a sport compared to the other sports. Hockey can be crazy, but I don't see a world where the Maple Leafs. It just seems like the wind's already taken out of their wins. sails. Honestly, like they they were a little too hyped to win their first playoff series in a while, and I just feel like they're not quite there anymore. Game four is also in Florida. Yeah, they have that's, one more game in Florida. Going down two zero when you had home uh, home court advantage, whatever home, home ice. ice, yeah, home whatever ice. you want to call it. Uh, that's just going to be too hard to come back from. Oh yeah, no, it's going to be too hard. You you cannot like be the opening host any sport. You can't be the opening host, have the first two games at home, and lose both those games. Yeah, like yeah, going down two zero when you hosted the first two games, you're just that's basically series yeah it's um, hard to win a, a, a way honestly honestly i could see, i think this might this is a hot take and this is going to show like well we still have to cover the hurricanes devils yeah yeah this is going to show how much of a ho- hockey casual i am yeah when i just look at the logos of like the hurricanes <laughs> and the devils First of all, they just—they're like basically the same team. This, the Hurricane and the Devils are basically the same. Never team. say that to that fan base ever again. Though. I know, I know, but they basically are. <laughs> yeah, they it's are. very close. Yes, I know. Frank the Tank from Barstool is gonna would crucify me. Yes. if I ever said anything like that to his face. Yeah, but they just look like the same team to me. Like it looks the like color the color combinations. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. It's very confusing for this combination. And neither of them look like uh, teams that would ever be in a finals. <laughs> No, the Devils have been good. Like they, they, they've had a really good franchise. Oh, I mean, yeah. And some of the Hurricanes, honestly, they always kind of, from my understanding of my knowledge of the Hurricanes, they kind of go in like up and down strides of where they're really good and then they get bad for a little bit and then they're back again. I just think Florida will. I think Florida is going all the way to the finals. I think they're going to ride this momentum. That might be a hard take right there. Okay, it's a hard take. The, I get it. They beat the best team in the playoffs and the best regular season team in a long time for hockey. No, that's the Bruins. But they, oh yeah, they they the beat the Bruins. Um, yeah, in the last playoff. you beat the Bruins and then you beat a toxic hockey fan base like Toronto. Like they have to be riding. They are riding a high, hundred percent. They're they're adrenaline pumping. They're Panthers adrenaline. are hot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not bad to go for the hot hand, but I don't know. It's gonna be a hard series. All right. Hurricanes then, Devils. I'm not really sure who's gonna take this series. It's a hard one. Hockey always seems to go to seven games or six. It's not unless the Maple Leafs are in the series. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, man, I'm gonna have to go with the Hurricanes just because I know their team a little bit better. The Hurricanes have a 2-1 lead. Game four is in New Jersey. So regardless, they at least have, and I'm I'm pretty sure hockey is like four NBA. or three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four home games, three away. If you're the, yeah, if you're the higher seed. seed but yeah. it goes 2-2 two, two, and then back to. 1-1-1, one, one, one. yeah. 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 So I, I do not see, like I just, they have. They're going to, at least, at the very worst, they're leaving New Jersey with a, um, whoops, <laughs> they're at least leaving New Jersey with a um, tie in the series. Yeah. Then they get to go back to home ice, and if I'm not wrong, I, th- I, I do think New Jersey was the higher seed, though. No. No. Uh, Carol- the Hurricane were the higher seed. Yeah. So... They're getting home I, ice advantage. You're not going to have to deal with the obnoxious Devils fans for like the next 
for like two out of the remaining three games. I just always go home field, uh, home ice on hockey, just because that's what it always seems to lean to at one point. I just think like it's kind of like playing it in New York. Almost, it's New oh yeah, yeah, like the people there are. That's not a knock, like yeah, it's just a tough crowd to play in front of. Yeah, yeah, Carolina, Carolina. We're talking I mean, about... Carolina. They have some. They have some sports fans out there. They don't have any sports to root for. You have to remember, Panthers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they don't have any sports to root for right now, so they're gonna go True. hard if one of their teams is in the playoffs. We already know what happened with the St. Louis Blues after the Rams left St. Louis. The Blues became like a powerhouse. Because... I just think, I think what's going to happen is the Hurricane will win this series, mm-hmm. and then they'll lose in six to Florida. That's <laughs> my. You're really on the Florida hype train. Right I'm now. on the Florida hype train right now. That's understandable. All right, All right. Kraken Stars. I mean, I'll let you start this. The one. Kraken are just the best team in hockey. It, <laughs> that is completely unbiased. I don't know how you could look at it any other way. Um, let, let me like let me put it like this because I heard this take and I really do like this take from this guy that I heard it from. Okay, I forget where I exactly heard it from, but okay, he likes the Kraken. They don't have a single like superstar or like star caliber player on their team. Yeah, but the thing is, is every single one of their lines is consistently good and they play at the same exact tempo and they're all like on the equal playing ground. So it's hard to match up their lines with the other lines that the team have to put against it. Like, who do you match up on what lines? Because all of them play equally as good. It's going to be hard. They don't have a like a a really bad line to put out there at one point. So it's hard to keep up with them for the extended period of the game. Like at, in that third period, you always see the Kraken still have a ton of stamina and legs underneath them while the other team seems to be struggling and the Kraken, that's when they attack and they get their fast breaks going and they just start scoring. And once they get hot, they never stop. I mean, we saw it in the last game. It was what, seven to one or something like that. Like they just, they scored four goals, I think in three minutes. It's just like, once they get hot, you're not going to be able to stop them. And that's why I really like from them. They're a really gritty team. I feel like they hit the most out of any hockey team in the playoffs right now. They are always, they're physical. They're not going to let you have anything free. They're going to get in your heads. And we saw it last game. The Stars mentally could not keep up with the mental warfare. They, I don't know if you saw, but I think half, I think it was about like seven players got kicked out of the game for the Stars last game because they were so pissed. Yeah. And they just lost the mental warfare. I think also it's a big, like it's a testament to how the hockey expansion Oh, absolutely. Uh, goes. Yeah. Because, like, you. I think a lot the, of superstars are protected. And I obviously, I kind of knew with the team coming in, you're not going to get any, like, like you said, big stars, right? They're going to be protected in the expansion draft. You're not going to get any free agents for a couple of years because you have to establish a franchise. Like, there's not any. You have to create a market for it. Yeah, you have to create sure. a market. There's not going to be, like, Seattle's a great city. Like, they, for sports, yeah. For they sports, love they can sports. Get, they yeah. can get people in, in, like, football and they can get people in in mm. baseball they baseball. struggle a little bit they can't get a superstar mm. in baseball they can get a star but no. they can't get a well, superstar they, they... i don't know if that's a money problem or if it's a problem of people don't want to come up here and play that's what i would say i don't think so because like they they've been able to they have started to, well the mariners have been spending money more recently than yeah. they have in the past and they've like extended their guys they might not have made any big like free agent signings, but they've extended guys. Like, yes, yes. They traded for Castillo and then extended him. They've yeah. extended J Rod. Like, I I think 
they'll get more free agents as time goes on. Fuck Dansby Swanson two run home run. Cardinals still up four three, <laughs> but I so I think also the the Kraken if you remember their first season trade deadline came around they had a fire sale like they had a lot of draft. Oh players. yeah, I think what's really nice is I would give mostly credit to the Golden Knights. Um, when they did their expansion draft, they showed teams exactly how you should go about it. Yeah. Take guys in the expansion draft that you may not be 100% sold on, but you know other teams will want, and get picks, get other guys that maybe are a little bit younger that you can yeah. develop and get in your like system a little bit more, and then you're, you're golden from there. You can just go from there and build a team around whoever you really want to and figure out where, which direction you can go into. I really like what the Kraken did. Though. And that's, that's exactly what they did. I think they have a lot of guys that, you know, Maybe down the road, they become stars in the league. Yeah. They're young. They're developing. But you have that... Rookie com- of the year on their team. Yeah. You have the combination of young guys that are peaking at the right time in the season. Yeah. You have, you know, solid They guys, buy into the system, too. Solid guys that are, like, have been, like, role players. But when you have a good mix, kind of like you said, the skill gap on the Kraken is not as big as it is on other teams. Yeah. And so, like some of the other teams that have these superstars but their fourth line is a little bit weaker like that that's where the cracking you just like you that's said you don't get a break yeah you have a scrappy first line against another against maybe a front line yeah. first line but then when you get to like two three four and they're still coming at you and like you said they're playing physical they're flying around the ice they're hitting you they're probably playing like, a little annoying <laughs> getting yeah it's I just I do see the Kraken win the series. It's not even a bias of like living in this area. I just the stars seem mentally out of it already, and I don't see them recovering from it at this point. And especially with the fourth game tonight yeah. with a two one lead in Seattle, they take this win. I they're at least taking it in six. I don't see this going seven. They could lose the next game in Dallas, but I feel like they come back to Seattle and win out the series. Stars also have a um, ugly logo, ugly jerseys, and you just can't. The, 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 can't green on, the green on the stars is good. Don't even start. No, it's, you know. it's ugly. It's horrible. I hate them. Kraken, on the other hand, best jerseys in sports. And if you're just like NHL rigged, like. You know, you can't market a uh, final with the stars in there. Like, they just look like dog shit. But if you get those perfectly, you can sell a shit ton of those perfect Kraken jerseys if they're in the finals. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. And then the last, last series that's going on, um, Golden Knights Oilers. I will come out and say I don't want the Golden Knights to win this series. I'd rather the Oilers win this series. Golden Knights have been good recently. Mm-hmm. Edmonton, we haven't heard so much about as far as making deep playoff runs. Edmonton also has the best player in the league. Yeah, Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid is, is a, a dog. Insane. He's Connor a McDavid dog. Is insane. He's a dog. Hundred percent. I. Here's the thing: when you have a superstar like that, he can change the game. Obviously, last game they lost five to one. Yeah, but. He can change a game if he comes out hot. It could change the game. I mean, obviously, we saw what he put up in the regular season. He put up some like really good numbers of as far as points in the regular season. This series isn't over. I'm seeing this go to a six, seven games. I yeah. feel oh, like yeah, it's yeah, a seven yeah, game yeah. series of back and forth. And 100%. I think it, it is another one of those things again where it's like the Golden Knights are deeper. Yeah. Top to bottom on the roster. Yeah. That's how they always be. I feel like Edmonton is going to have to rely on Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. 
and he's going to have to that step first up. line's going to have to score. Yeah. I just think it would be better for hockey if it was an Edmonton Kraken West like West oh, final. Oh. I think that would be listen, the expansion team I I guess I can't discount. The expansion team storyline would be cool. The it would expansion be. team storyline would be really cool. But we already know that the Golden Knights are better than the Kraken. Shut up. Shut your bitch ass up. All right. The fucking Phoenix Coyotes have lower attendance than the Oakland A's. I don't want to hear it. That's I don't want to hear it. I don't, don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I'm just saying, like, if it is, here's the thing that I feel like will no, no, be, no, make no, it no, better, no. though. No, no. Here, let me finish. Let me finish. Okay, let me, okay, finish. Ahead, let me pitch it to you. Let me pitch it to okay, you. Okay, go ahead. We have the Kraken. Yeah. We have the Oilers. Yeah. You have a young superstar, best player in the league, Connor McDavid, mm-hmm. fighting for a chance to play in his first NHL finals, his first Stanley Cup finals. You know, someone that could win multiple cups throughout his career. Someone that, you know, people are looking at to maybe be an all-time great. All right. You have the Kraken, a new team and an exciting team. You mentioned the Kraken's play style. Fast, physical, like Connor McDavid and that style of play out of a team are going to be fun to watch anyways oh, absolutely then you add in the whole like the city of seattle getting to root for a deep playoff run for a new expansion team for a team that's only been like this is their second league in the year like second year in the league and then you also look at america versus canada kraken if kraken beat the oilers because we have made the decision that the maple leaves are out they're dog shit they fucking suck joke of a franchise tear it down rebuild it new ownership get everyone out of there yep um if like the kraken beat the oilers the cup stays in america so then you have like the america canada storyline like that's also another cool thing no that's what i was getting into honestly if it's edmonton versus seattle that series is gonna be chippy because we're gonna have a bunch of canadians come to seattle to like root on edmonton so it's gonna be hard we already know what happens in baseball when it's the blue jays and the mariners and 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 it's blue jays heavy favored when it's in seattle it's ridiculous so if we're talking about a canada versus u.s playoff series that close and we already know that there's a ton of canadians living in seattle that series is gonna be chippy even at home it's gonna be hard for seattle that's where i'm just like i'm not sure if that's what you exactly want because it's gonna be hard for them when at home when they don't really have home field home ice um you know, I, I'm just looking for what's best for the sport. Oh yeah, all, I don't thing. think like it's gonna be but hard it for them to make it. Also, look to... way better on the Kraken Championship DVD when we win this hard series against Edmonton. The, the montage, you. the montage, you. <laughs> the montage, the montage will be insane. I miss watching those MLB like ones. <laughs> Grubauer will like he'll shut out Connor McDavid in the series because he'll. It's Grubauer. It's listen. <laughs> As a hockey casual who really got into hockey, really started watching hockey once Seattle got a team, <laughs> I used to think Grubauer was dog shit because <laughs> I would look up his stats and I think it was more so. I know we fired our goaltending coach mm-hmm. and I think we had a new one and I think our defense was also very bad that first year. So he was kind of like people were just getting to take open shots against him. But I was talking so much shit about Grubauer because he was like below 30th in the league for like uh, like save percentage and all these like goalie stats and I was like he's not even good enough to be a fucking starter this guy fucking sucks 
I'm walking that back. Grubauer shutting out Connor McDavid. as a person. Cracking to the championship. They're beating the Florida Panthers in four <laughs> games. <laughs> Cups coming home. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know about that one, but we'll see. I think <laughs> I think they will make it to the at least Western Conference Finals, which will be cool to see in their second year. I mean, after that, it's going to be a little hard. That whole thing, we just completely skipped that. It like gold, the Golden Knight Edmonton series is most definitely not over. They're playing tomorrow night in Edmonton. Yeah, but it would be great if the Kraken can win early on so they have like fresh. Yeah, if they're fresh for that series, it will help them a lot. Regardless, because they don't have a lot of experience on that team in the playoffs. That's my main thing. I think, regardless who comes out of that like Golden Knight Oilers series, the Western Conference final is going to be very entertaining absolutely all right we we'll to move into some nba yeah let's talk some nba so okay. as we're recording right now celtic sixers is happening sixers have a little bit of a lead at halftime yes um series is tied 2-2 and they're playing in boston so i think if the 76ers can hold on and win this game mm-hmm. that the series is over and i i know that's a very that is an extremely hot take especially in like this series with how good the Boston Celtics are. Yeah, but yeah, of MV, MVP, you have Joel MVP, Embiid, Joel like Embiid. he is playing different this year. And I feel like the supporting cast is the best that's ever been around him. It's really helping him. It stretches out the floor more. And it's also honestly, they don't have anybody on the Celtics that can guard Joel Embiid well enough where he's not going to be able to just do whatever he wants. They don't have anybody big and physical like him. You have Grant Williams on him, or you have Al Horford, which both of them are a little bit smaller for centers, and Joel just kind of babies them in the post. It's hard for me, though, to, like, when you look at the starting five that Boston puts out there, it's hard Mm -hmm. to, like, not want to take them, but, and again, this is us recording with the Sixers having a lead in, in game five in Boston. If you're Boston... And you lose the opportunity to take a serious lead while you're at, like if Boston won this game, I would say it would go seven. Yeah. I feel like if Philadelphia wins this game, it's going six because then the Sixers get to play back in Philadelphia. Yeah, they're not losing in Philly. Philadelphia is crazy. <laughs> they are. They're crazy. Certified. They're, I think, and then I also think whoever wins this series goes to the finals. And I think because the Knicks are just. It's, I don't. It's gonna be the Miami Heat going against them. Whoever yeah. wins the series, in my opinion. You mean Jimmy Butler? Yeah. <laughs> well, the Miami Heat, formerly known as the Miami Heat, but Jimmy Butler's team. Yeah. Um. It's well, and it's just like the 76ers have to lose in the finals. It has to come full circle for the city of Philadelphia. That would be NHL. I'm pretty sure, or was it MLS? Because I think the Union, I think the... Yeah, MLS. They got second. Oh, wait. Yeah, fuck. But be, that was technically last year's seasons. But yes, it would, it would be, be back to back. Team. Yeah, It would be every Yeah, that would suck and for I'm, Philly. That, that would really suck happen. for Philly. <laughs> that, but, would so, that would feel so bad for Philly. If you are the Sixers and you make it to the finals... You're selling your soul for that win, honestly. Yes. You have to. But this series has been great. So the, the I mean, the Sixers are up by nine at half. This whole series has been. I mean, there's been there's a blowout in game two. There's gonna be blowouts every once in a while, but like especially early in the series like that. This series going back and forth has been great. Absolutely, I was worried that 
when the Sixers went down two one, I was worried that it might be over. I was worried that as soon as the South like they won game one, got blown out game two, lost game three for uh Joel MVP's or Joel Embiid's MVP. MVP. Fuck. MVP'd <laughs> for his like ceremony, I was like, Oh, they might just steamroll four ones await the heat, but Yeah. The series is and this is a good game. Yeah, right I'm going to take Philly in the series. I just do believe in this team. They're they're balanced pretty well. James Harden it seems to be back in his old form and he's not like I don't know. This team is just built really well. I do like it. Look, the Celtics are really good. It's hard to go against them, but I do think Philly's different this year. The only thing though is like like looking at him right now, he's definitely in healthy Harden range. Oof. But when you oh give God. when you give James Harden a night off, like that dude can put on thirty pounds quicker than anyone else, <laughs> but then he can lose it. So is I'm curious to see how the problem is. is he goes to the strip club, he eats a shit ton of wings, how, and he gains that weight. How skinny Harden looks in Game Six will fully determine for me. I'm gonna have to wait to see. He looks skinny this game, so I think they're gonna win. But Game Six is gonna be dependent on how healthy Harden is looking. Just a lot of water weight, but yeah, I get you. He, I don't know, maybe. And I know we alluded to it earlier in the season, but maybe like they worry so much about load management and keeping guys fresh for the playoffs. Maybe like to train endurance, you actually have to play. Maybe you actually have to like play back to back games to be able to do that in the playoffs. I don't know. Well, there's been a lot of looting this year, too, about um, with the amount of injuries that everybody's putting on. They're trying to figure out if it's just the mileage they put on in their younger years because of all the AAU games. All of those like teams you play during the summer where you're playing like basketball full time as a kid, they're trying to w- see whether it's correlation of that or if it's actually because of the load management that they're doing, where their bodies get too much rest, where they are getting injured because of that, That's and they're not foul, active Marcus. enough. Smart. Because I don't know if you heard early in the year, Paul George was yeah. saying how even in practice they don't practice how they used to even a few years ago. They don't really practice at game speed anymore. I mean, it's a probably it's probably a combination of both, and like as sport technology Damn, that's a has like, what the fuck is starry? As sport technology has like increased, mm-hmm. like recovery and stuff like that, and taking care of your body that has become more important, and it's helped guys like a Tom Brady or a LeBron James stay at such a high level so deep into their career, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like. You have to prepare your body to play at that level, so that yeah. way, when the moment comes, it's not like, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't like always train below the strain or how like the strain you're going to put on your body prior to a game because then you'll be tired in a game because you're pushing your limits. Yeah, you should train above, so that way when yes. the, when the game comes, it's, it's easy, it's comfortable for yeah. you. And I just don't see how you can do that with load management. Exactly. But Harden looks healthy. Sixers now up to a 12-point lead. I think if the Sixers win this game, we'll see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. Absolutely. Um, a lot of game left, though. A lot of game left. So if the Celtics do go on to win, it's I, interesting. I think the series is more interesting. If the Celtics win this game, I think it goes seven. It absolutely goes seven. I don't think they're winning in Philly again. 
All right. And then last night we had the Lakers Warriors game. That was a crazy game. That was an insane game. It was weird. It didn't feel like Steph Curry had a triple double because when I was watching, it seemed like he was struggling to hit any kind of shot from three during like during that long stretch of the final like quarter. He was just missing every shot and putting up some questionable shots. I get it, Steph Curry, but it felt like he started forcing things a little bit and trying to get back into his own rhythm when he probably should have found someone else to take those shots, maybe Clay. And then he made that really big mistake at the end when uh, there was a jump ball between AD and Clay, and he got the ball, was on the ground, and threw it backwards just out of bounds, thinking someone was over there. I don't know. Seemed a little frazzled. I hope that's not what we're going to see in Game 5 because I want to see a better series than this. I don't want to see a 4-1. So hopefully they get it back together and can come back because LeBron and AD aren't going to let that happen, and we're seeing that the bench for the Lakers are showing up now, and it's not a good sign for the Warriors. Well, and I think that is also like a lot of people were – reacting like because the lakers were a play-in team and a lot of people are reacting to like espn analysts going like i think the lakers are a dangerous team in the west i think they could make a deep playoff round like we were hearing a lot of that talk i think what is showing in this series against the um warriors is like the flurry of moves that the lakers made at the trade deadline were meant for this moment yes they didn't bring in another superstar no They, they didn't need to they didn't do anything like super crazy but they made a lot of smart moves to make the team a lot deeper and to give ad and lebron some help like bringing in someone like ruri hachimura Uh like that is a solid little role player it's kind of an under the radar move but he's a young player he's was having one of the better seasons of his career like he's going to give the lakers exactly what they need yeah you know something like that austin reeves has looked really good in the playoffs he's a starter now like i mean he's showing out he's making buckets when they need it i mean we also saw lonnie walker come off the bench last night in the fourth quarter score all of his points in the fourth quarter alone and just really help close that game out you want to see a little bit more from other people but i mean with the rotation they have right now it really helps and also, I feel like they're playing to their strengths against the Warriors. Since Warriors want to play small ball, they're playing small ball alongside them, having AD at center and LeBron at power forward, which just creates matchups. I mean, Draymond having to be on AD, and then you have like a Wiggins or I, I don't know, Clay has been on LeBron. Like having that kind of matchup isn't going to help too much because LeBron is just bigger than all of them. He's babying all of them, he's posting them up, and that's where LeBron is just too good you can't do anything about it so i just don't think this matchup is helping the warriors right now i feel like they need to put kevon looney out there a little bit more and put him on lebron and get him out of the pain a little bit because he's the only guy big enough to at least stand up with lebron i'm not saying he's gonna be able to stop lebron but you can slow him down a little bit because lebron hasn't had to do much but you're gonna want to have to make him do more later on. If only they had Dylan Brooks to <laughs> lock LeBron. Down. I think if Dylan Brooks was on the Warriors, it would be a worse <laughs> series, and they would have got four would Oh, that was that. That still blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. and you know, delusional. What? Someone I forgot. D'Angelo Russell is a Laker. I forgot yeah. about that till I was like watching some of the Lakers playoff series, and like D'Angelo Russell is not a superstar like we maybe thought. He had that great season in Brooklyn. Yeah. He, could be the future of the team but like it's another one of those subtle upgrades they made like they went from a pat beverly as their starting point guard 
and then a Russell Westbrook off the bench to D'Angelo Russell. Again, D'Angelo Russell just kind of fits what the Warriors need. Better. He's playing his role really great. I think if he finds a role like this, it's going to work perfectly for him because when he's trying to be that guy on a team, it kind of struggles when he has another star or superstar on the team. Whenever he tries to take over games, it doesn't work anymore. No. So he either has to be the only star on the team or he needs to play a role like this where it's like when he gets the ball, he's going to make the best out of it. I don't think he's been playing to his best, but we know that he can turn it on at any point and start shooting lights out. It, it's kind of sad to like have kind of watch that progression of it's like, oh, my God, this guy's a superstar to then it was like, oh, he's a complimentary star. He's a number two. Yeah. But I think if you take D'Angelo Russell for what he is, which is a really good NBA player, not great, not exceptional, but a really good NBA player. And that's kind of what the Lakers are doing. Like yeah. things are going to go well for them. Yeah. So this team is going to be, they're going to be in the Western Conference Finals. I don't think. Yeah, I would. I would have to lean Lakers would at this be, point. They're I, not. It would be another full circle thing where Steph comes back from down three. I know that would LeBron, be funny, and that would be phenomenal for Steph's legacy. I mean, but, Steph still put up a triple double. I'm just concerned with how he was shooting and how it felt like he was like forcing a lot of those shots, feeling like he had to be the one making the shots. That's where I'm concerned right now. And that's why I feel like the Lakers are going to take the series. It might not be tomorrow night or whenever they're whenever their next game is. I forget what it is, but I I feel like they're going to end up losing in game six when they're back in L.A. I just think there's going to be some I think it's hard because the Warriors are the defending champs. Right. But I do think like this team, there's some guys that not like Stephen Clay. Stephen Clay are great and I yeah. think can still feature in that dynasty for the next couple of years. But. Guys like Draymond Green, you know, someone needs to kind of, I think this offseason they're going to need to address like that role. I'm not saying Draymond is complete garbage and needs to be cut and sent to the retirement home, but like you can't feature Draymond as much as you have in recent years. There's just, the Warriors just need to go undergo like a little bit. They need a big man. That's their problem. Yeah. Missing a big man right now is their main key problem is like yeah. Steph getting 10 rebounds while it's cool and all he shouldn't be the one grabbing those amount of rebounds. Like, it should be someone else, and that's their problem right now. That's why they're so mis mismatched against the Lakers. They have nobody for AD. He's, like, 6'11", 6'10". And you have Draymond out there, 6'9", trying to guard him, and he's smaller. You young tell. young Draymond Green, in his athletic prime, yeah. used to be able to do that. Not gray-haired Draymond. <laughs> but he's just he's just a little bit older. Yeah. And he, he still is a good defender. Yeah. He still is going to provide value defensively but he just needs to be in a little bit more of a reduced role he probably needs to start coming off the bench yeah in every game he probably needs to be or he's i know that they moved him to coming off the bench in the postseason that needs to be like a yeah a thing that happens moving forward he probably needs to be guarding fours threes, threes. he can't yeah. be guarding centers, centers anymore yeah he just can't Especially with how dynamic centers are now. When you yeah. have a 6'11 Giannis, when you have a 6'11 AD, when you have Victor Wayamba coming out of the draft. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Mm -hmm. but like, I'm not even going to try. When you have guys that are 6'10. I mean, you got Chet Holgram that's Chet like an athletic come freak, back. you know, that's like 7 foot something and he just is moving like agile. When you have six. 10 plus guys that are moving that well in the nba now you you have to have a guy to guard that, that. Is going to be able to match up physically yeah i just can't there's enough of them out there so they should be able to figure that out. i hope they do figure that out yeah all right let's talk about your sons oh 
let me tell you, Devin Booker is the best player in the league right now. So wrong. He's playing like not it. even top five. He's playing like it, Devin, and Devin, next year we'll see it. Let's just make this clear. This is. <laughs> Arizona sports bias, which I didn't even know existed because it's such a dog shit place to have sports teams. But we'll move on. We won't even get into that. Devin Booker is not a top five player in the league, but continue. Go ahead. This is your moment. I said right now he's playing like the best player in the league. Right now he is the best player in the league. Jimmy Butler and him are the like the two that you can talk about. These like this whole playoff stretch right now. There's only been a few games. He's hit. Like, I believe his lowest points he scored in the game so far this playoff series has been like 32 points. He has been carrying this team. KD being on this team and giving him a little bit more room to shoot, we're seeing what he's doing. And not even double teams affect him anymore. And that's the thing that used to bug him the most. And we know that. Like, double teaming in the open uh, runs that they had and everything. We've all heard those jokes. He is now just shooting over double teams, not carrying anymore. We're seeing a different Devin Booker. I feel like next year we're going to see, like, if he stays healthy and with KD on the team next year, I don't know what the point guard position is. I'm fine if we run with Cameron Payne next year. But I know KD is going to be on the team for at least the next three years, I believe, is how his contract is. We could see a big jump for Devin Booker next year where he actually is in the talks of the MVP later on in the year compared to when he's normally just like before All-Star break, he's in MVP talks, and then he dies down afterwards. Next year, if he stays healthy, he's in MVP talks. I think he's an All-Star without a doubt. The team might not be as good next year. I'm a little concerned about DeAndre Ayton right now. He is really lost in the series. I don't know what he's doing. He's not rebounding. He's not getting any points. He's not making really impacts, and he's missing shots that he never misses before. I'm really concerned about him at this point because it's like he's in his own head. He's not playing like a big man anymore. He's playing really like carefully, and I don't want that from him. I want him to play a little bit aggressive and just take risks. Dunk that ball. That's another guy that doesn't have to be that now doesn't he was he was drafted very high there's yeah, a lot of expectations he was drafted number one overall there's yeah. a lot of ex- expectations for him above luca a star yeah i i know you obviously you look at that draft and you're like wow luca trey young would have been great to have no luca <laughs> trey young's a good player Don't he's a even. good player he would not play well alongside devin booker that's why i'm saying luca. oh okay but the deandre Ayton thing kind of goes yeah. into like what DeAndre Ayton can be a traditional center on that team. You have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Yeah, you can be a tra- you can you can be a traditional center. You can go get your blocks. You can go get your rebounds. You can be big man in the paint. Like they, you don't. There's a lot of responsibilities that are have been taken off of DeAndre Ayton since he was drafted, because he was drafted to be the number two star to Devin yeah. Booker. He was supposed to be like they were supposed to be like a Kobe and Shaq kind of thing. But you have Chris Paul, who's a Good facilitator. He's yeah. old. Yeah. He's old. He hasn't even been playing in the last few games. But with how this roster is constructed, DeAndre Ayton, I agree with you. He just needs to go be big men. Yeah, he needs to go get those rebounds and really fight with Jokic. He like needs, He needs to get under Jokic's skin a little bit. He needs to go, there's a basketball. I'm going to go grab it. Yeah. He's, that's all. he's being out-rebounded by players on our own team that he shouldn't be out-rebounded by. I just don't know where he's out on the court if he's focusing too much on Jokic. But I just don't like seeing it. Landell has came in 
to the games and played better than DeAndre Ayton has in just like short little like five minute spurts or ten minute spurts than DeAndre Ayton has the whole like game. And I don't like seeing that. At this point, I almost feel like we should just put Landell out there because he's not playing scared. He's playing to prove something. And I don't know. I know that we're going to be fine. We're going back into Denver. And that's yeah. going to be concerning. The Suns play tonight at seven yeah. in Denver. I think I do think that this is a uh, this is a series that's gone seven games. Yeah, it, it most likely is going seven. It, it's I think Jamal Murray has looked pretty. Yeah, good Jamal in this Murray series. and Jokic have been looked really Jokic good, and they've been really outscoring good. KD and Booker technically. What's really been helping the Suns is our bench has been showing out. Like Landry went hot the other night and just kept on shooting threes when they left him open. I mean, even Mike Malone, and I, this is one of the reasons I do like Mike Malone as a coach. He went into that press conference. They asked him a straightforward question. He gave a straightforward answer. He said, our defense has been horrible since we got into Phoenix. Our double teams aren't working anymore. And that bench for Phoenix has been showing out saying that if you leave us open, we are going to punish you. And we've seen that. So if they don't fix it and if they continue to double team like they have before on the, if they keep on double teaming D book KD randomly, it's not going to go well for him. I feel like, and we showed that. And I don't know. It's just Jamal Murray also looks a little bit lost on the defensive end. It's yeah, a little weird. I mean, he's lost sometimes. He's like really lackadaisical on the defensive end. And he has made a lot of mistakes that I've seen where he's just standing there on an inbound pass, not paying attention. And then his man gets the ball and shoots it for free. And it, I don't know. It's just there's small mistakes. I feel like the Denver Nuggets aren't going to make later on the series. So it's to me even closer games that we've seen when we're in Phoenix. It's it, I don't think it has been um like I've never really thought of Jamal Murray as a defensive player anyways. Oh, absolutely not. And but... I think that's been exposed kind of what you said, the Suns bench has been showing up. The yeah. supporting cast for the Suns has showed up and the supporting cast for the Nuggets has not showed up. Yeah. So far. We like outscored them. I forget what it was our bench outscored them by like 12 to 15 points the last game which really helps and that's the deciding factor the bench is making the difference now the the role players it the role players for the nuggets need to kind of step up a little bit yeah aaron gordon happen. aaron gordon specifically aaron gordon. he's disappeared he should be having bigger games like michael porter he'll have his games but the suns aren't leaving him open on like transition plays so it's not giving Michael Porter his bread and butter because I don't know if you know this, but the meme is if Michael Porter gets the ball, you're not going to see that ball go to anybody else's hands in that possession. So they've been keeping the ball out of his hands in general and not letting him have free shots. So it's mainly going to be on Aaron Gordon. I feel like that's the player that needs to show up right now. Everybody else just needs to play like they have been. But if Aaron Gordon starts getting a little bit more rebounds, attacking the basket, it's going to be an interesting game. Dansby Swanson's Jack Flaherty's daddy, by the way, just doubled off of him. But no, I I agree. And like Michael Porter, that's another that's an instance of like Michael Porter Jr. needs to know what he is for the Nuggets. Jamal Murray's back. Jamal Murray's healthy. Jokic is a two-time MVP. He was an MVP runner-up this year. Michael Porter Jr. needs to play a complimentary role. And I think he does fine. I just think that the Suns are playing to that to just get rid of him. They're like saying, hey, Jokic, you can do your thing. We're fine with that. We're going to guard Jamal Murray however we need to. 
But like these guys that you also want to get hot, we're not going to let yeah, them get hot at all. Hot. We're going to put it all on you and Murray. Jokic and Murray is going to be the guys that beat us. We're not going to let these other guys beat us. And we're seeing that the Nuggets played the opposite way. They're like, we're not going to let Devin Booker and KD beat us, even though they still did, even with the double teams. The role players showed up and say, okay, we're going to beat you then because you're going to leave us open. And you don't leave Landry open for three. We've seen this on every single team he's been on. If you leave him open, he's going to hit the shot. And, I mean, D-Book is just playing out of his mind, too. He's shooting about 76% from the field <laughs> as of recent games. So it's just amazing to watch this right now for me as a Suns fan. Regardless of whoever comes out of this series, I do think it's one that can go seven. I don't have a very strong prediction. Whoever I, wins this series, though, in my opinion, goes to NBA Finals. I think It's that, a Philadelphia situation. I, I was going to say both of these teams match up way better against the Lakers because they have those... Big guys. Big guys. Yeah, like exactly. AD is going to have to... DeAndre Aiden will pair up against AD a lot better than he does Jokic. Because Jokic is a weird player. You can't really guard him a specific way. AD, you can guard him a specific way. He doesn't like doing certain things. And if Jokic is the one covering AD, that... Like... Jokic is Jokic. Yeah, yeah. No, so Jokic like, will just baby him. He'll just back him into a that corner is, every time. He's a, he's a rushing gangster. Like, that's just what Jokic is. <laughs> he's ready to fight, even the Suns owner, so... <laughs> Which, that fine was bullshit, by the way. Who did he find? He got fined 20... He didn't get suspended, but he got fined $25,000 for that. And They're protecting their owners, like... I understand both sides. I understand both sides. Listen, the owner didn't know what he was like doing. He caught the ball and he was looking at Josh Akogi, and then out of nowhere, Jokic is up there in his grill trying to get the ball from him. But at the same point, what did Jokic think he was going to do? Grab the ball and start a fast break when it's an out of bounds play? The refs weren't going to allow that. Akogi was in the stands, like tied up with people. You're not going to get a fast break going. So I don't understand why Jokic did that. I get it. He has his adrenaline going. He's competing. He's trying to win. But it was just a dumb move by him. He should have just let the ball go and get the ball whenever it was going to come to him. You know, when it touches a fan, the refs always take the ball and start it when they want to start it. But it was also one of those situations where it's a, it's an owner. It's, it's kind of like a Mark Cuban thing where it's like an owner forgets that they are like at the game as a spectator. Which is, I, by the way, I'm not saying it's a bad thing because if I was rich enough to own a sports team, I would be the same way. Yeah. Like if I owned the Cardinals, I would be in the dugout. <laughs> and no one could tell me different. Okay. And when uh-huh. Ollie Marmol made horrible decisions, I'd fire him on the fucking spot. He would never be your manager. That's true. <laughs> um, but like, Jokic isn't going to like look at this guy in street clothes and go, oh, son's owner. Because the son's owner also is not a mark cuban or a steve balmer no he's like, under the radar uh, guy yeah so then it's like he did play basketball at michigan state though yeah walk he, on he is an izzo uh that's why prospect. did you see that flop yeah that's an izzo flop right that's there we've ever flop. seen it <laughs> but he like joel and b just sees like this white guy in uh, i get it but even if it's a regular in a, fan and accuse it and he's like fuck you but even then like here's my thing about the situation the owner wasn't looking directly at Jokic. He's uh-huh. looking over at Kogi. Jokic randomly comes over and starts grabbing the ball. And the ball goes because he just has a grip on it. He's like, whoa, what's going on? Like, it was just a weird situation. I don't believe anybody should have been fined. I don't believe anybody should have suspended. It was a random situation that was unfortunate that also happened with the Suns owner. But I think even if it was just a random fan in that situation, he's looking over at Kogi trying to help and just see what's going on. I don't think anybody should even have any kind of repercussions then either. 
the problem afterwards was Jokic deciding to throw in like throw his forearm at the owner. That was unnecessary a little bit. That's the heat of the moment thing. I get it. I'm not going to put that against Jokic. He was just in the heat of the moment. Like, get out of my face. What the fuck are you doing? You're ruining shit for me. I don't know. It's just It was a weird situation. I'm not on either side. Obviously, I do have the son's bias a little bit. And I do like our new owner. But it was just a weird situation. It was. It's a one-off thing. Let's just move on kind of thing. At least no one was suspended. I'm glad Jokic wasn't suspended because I don't want to hear that Suns only make through the playoffs because of injuries or yeah, suspensions. Yeah, that would have been bad. It was that just been gonna, bad. yeah, that they, been real bad. If he missed one game, we blew him out this tonight, and he was missing this game. It was gonna look bad on the Suns. I want a healthy team that we're facing. I want a, no suspensions. I want all that. I think either way, whoever I think the series is going seven. Just to wrap up, the, absolutely the series. I think it's going seven. I think whoever makes it, I'm not as willing to take a strong stance as you are with your like whoever wins this series is going to the finals i think that whoever goes and plays against the lakers will match up well against the lakers i think that will also be a good series but i'm not i'm not as confident in you as say in there i just like the coaching from denver and phoenix a little bit more where i feel like they'll prepare a little bit a better game plan against lakers compared to the lakers making a game plan against them and maybe that's not what you have to do. I get the Lakers are good defensively. I don't know. It's just I believe that Denver or the Suns are the team in the NBA Finals. I feel like that's just how it's going, trending towards right now. All right. And then last series, you want to go into that one? Yeah, last series, um, not much needs to be said. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, period. Jimmy Butler is going End of to story. turn the page. It's a Tom Thibodeau revenge, honestly. He's getting revenge on him. Like, he doesn't want to see him succeed at all. It's, I, for me, like... The video where, because Jimmy Butler didn't play game one, that injury. Yeah. I But he's just sitting there at Madison Square Garden, hearing it for Knicks fans. The Heat are getting blown out, and he looked so unbothered. Oh. Like, he did not care. And that's when I, I the Knicks are a team that is so close to being so good. But they're, unlike hockey, we were talking about the Kraken, where it's like, it's fucking... You know, the Kraken are so deep. They don't have anyone that can, like... Right? There, There's just... They don't have a superstar, but they don't have any, like, shitters. It's just... There's no... That's kind of what the Knicks are, where they, they have a lot of, like, really good players. Yeah. Not anyone that I would say is a superstar. They're in star, the, like, level players, yeah. But in the NBA, you need a superstar. You need a superstar. Yeah. You can do it with a superstar and a really good supporting cast Kawhi in toronto Giannis in but you have to have that guy you have to have that guy i could see jalen brunson becoming that in a year or two maybe if they give him a lot of the reins he's not there yet absolutely and we already know jimmy butler is that superstar because he will carry a team through the playoffs like if we see a serious jimmy butler you know you're not winning that game he is like kobe if he has has that serious face on you're not winning that game. He is going to run through that team. He doesn't care what you do. He is unbothered by anything that you possibly can do. So I, I find the Heat are going to win this next game. They're going to be waiting for whoever wins the 76ers Boston game, which will help them a lot. Going in fresh, giving Jimmy Butler a little bit of time off. Because if he's fresh, you're going to have a trouble in the next series for them. So, yeah, I'm going Heat. They're going to win next game. They're, they win 4-1. It's just how it is right now. Yeah, Heat are going to win 4-1. I absolutely agree. 
I yeah, I mean the Knicks, great try. Try again next year. Um, I am excited to see whether it be Heat and Celtics or Heat Seventy Sixers. I think the Eastern Conference will also be a very fun series. Yeah, I don't. With it being the Heat, it's hard to predict what that series is going to look like because sometimes they get figured out really easily and they can't do anything. But other times they surprise you and they come in with a completely different game plan because uh, I forget how to say it. Eric, the coach for the Heat. I forget how to say Eric his Spolstra. last. Spolstra. He's a really good coach. He's a really good coach. He's a film head. So he looks at it and he's he picks teams apart. So you just never know what you're going to get from the Heat going into a series. Are they going to figure this team out and they're going to play to perfection or are they going to kind of struggle in the beginning until they figure it out and it's too late? Um, that's what we're going to look at in the next series. I think – well, I think – if it's the Celtics, the storyline is really good because it's an Eastern Conference Finals rematch. Yeah. I do see a, a world where, like, if the Celtics are the team that makes it through, the Celtics just steamroll the heat. Like, yeah. I, I, there could be something that happens because, like I said, the Celtics starting five is so good. Yeah. And Jimmy, without, like, Tyler Hero, his injury is kind of, from what I've heard, his a... um he would be back in the event that the heat make the finals but not before that yeah and so and bam Adebayo has not been phenomenal he has not been very good he's really dropped off as of recently and it's weird so you have jimmy butler and like the heat are really are really well coached jimmy butler is that guy jimmy butler will get the heat locker room going yep. but the celtics also might just have too much firepower yeah and i could see a situation where they just like four one I can see you. the same situation though if Philadelphia makes through. No one's really going to one compete well. with Joel Embiid enough. I don't. They don't see have that. that big guy. I don't see that one happening as much because like Doc Rivers is just not a great coach in the playoffs, and I could just see Eric Spolstra just mind fucking him. <laughs> like I could see Eric Spolstra just running plays that Doc Rivers would like not even realize what the fuck happened until three years from now yeah i cannot see that happening too uh, and then you combine that with jimmy butler just jimmy butler would i could also see a series where because jimmy butler was a sixer yeah. for a little bit you yeah. forget that jimmy butler also might just mind fuck joel Embiid. oh he's on get, a revenge tour right now is what it he feels might like. get joel Embiid to like do something completely heinous and get him suspended for, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think he really minded Joel Embiid. It wasn't the problem there. It was something else, and I forget exactly what it was. But Jimmy Butler is on a revenge tour. He went against the Bucks. The Bucks knocked him out of the playoffs a few times in a row. He got his revenge on them. You saw him going after Drew Holiday. He did not like yeah. He was competing at yeah. Drew Holiday specifically. He's getting his revenge on Thibodeau right now. If he goes against the 76ers, he's getting his revenge <laughs> against them. It would also just be a great storyline because the Heat almost lost that playing game with the Bulls. They barely beat the Bulls. Wait, wait. Okay, here's the thing. Are we seeing a rematch of bubble playoffs? Lakers and Heat? There, there's that a would lot be of interesting because it's almost the same exact teams. That would be very interesting. There's a lot of potentially like really good finals that could come of this because wouldn't that be the seven and eight seed making it to the finals yeah, and that would be very interesting teams. and then you can make the argument that the play in bracket is, is how, good it's, it's, useful. it's good either, either way 
But right. yeah, it's just the Heat almost lost that playing game to the Bulls, and now they are like probably going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. It's just a great, great story. Yep. All right. All right. You want to move on to the MLB? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna do some MLB overreaction, underreaction. So how this how this one works? Um, Blake and I each came up with like just five statements to read to each other, and neither of us have heard them or have heard the others. The other person is going to state whether or not it's an overreaction or an underreaction based off of like so far in the season. Okay. So do you, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first because I okay. feel like my first one's going to be a little random that you're not going to expect. Okay. And so I kind of want to start with this one. Okay. All right. White Sox will trade multiple players at the trade deadline. Multiple oh. of their star players. Like they're good players. I almost want to say blow it up, but I feel like oh, blow it up is wow. a little too much. Because blowing up would mean like trading Luis Robert. I don't think they're trading him. But what I mean is I feel like I'm gonna we're gonna see Tim Anderson, Jimenez, maybe some of the starting pitching going. Okay. I feel like they're going to just unload everything okay. and kind of start back from scratch. Because it's obviously not working. You've changed managers multiple times. It's been the same team all the time. And they're not figuring it out. I would say that that is. <sighs> I know this is hard. That's a it, proper reaction. That's a proper reaction. I'm gonna say that's a proper reaction. I don't like. It's definitely not like an underreaction because the White Sox should worry. They're 12 and 24. Yeah. They're the only team that they're above in the standings is the Royals, and we knew that the Royals were gonna be bad. The Royals yeah. are a rebuilding team. They're holding a lot of their prospects down right now. Yeah, because Tim Anderson is kind of, I don't know, I'd have to look up his contract specifically, but he's close to needing a contract extension. Yep. Um, Eloy has a few a more of years of control. Um, Yohan Mankata comes to mind, too. He's going to be one that will be, be traded, but I don't know how much of a like market he'll have. Yeah, like he's not a big, he's a starting level player that's yeah, going to yeah. be traded regardless. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, you think Liam Hendricks? Kendall Graveman, yeah. Joe Kelly in the bullpen. Yeah. You're thinking maybe Michael Kopech if someone wants to take a flyer on him and maybe they think maybe they can fix him. Maybe someone wants to take a flyer on Giolito yeah, too. Yeah, maybe like fix whatever the problem's going on. I mean, Lance Lynn's going to be a great playoff arm yep. most likely. Yep. He can come in and be that four guy. Wow. Yeah, no, I could definitely I definitely think that's a proper reaction. Um because like and kind of for the reasons you said, like the White Sox have already peaked. We had that year. There was that year where they made the playoffs. Yeah. And we're like, this team could be really good. They're close. And then they fired their manager. They fired Rick Renteria. And it's like, you but fire him. La Russa came in and You bring in up. Tony La Russa, And then you go and you buy. And you were, you were spenders. You went and you made upgrades in the free agent market. And yeah. It's like, and traded for players and everything. And the roster didn't work. And now you have a different manager with that same roster where you have been spenders the past couple of seasons. And it's not working again. And yeah. it's hard to justify giving. I, I mean, they have like you mentioned Tim Anderson. Like Tim Anderson's a player that definitely deserves an extension. Yeah. And is a good player and has, I think, played to that or has shown that over the past x amount of years but if you're the white Sox, do you tie up that much money because the roster construction's not working you have to i feel like there will be enough yeah playoff teams that are around that are gonna like playoff like all of the guys teams. especially you mentioned on in the bullpen 
Like they're gone. They're without a doubt gone. In you my can opinion. never for baseball. Like going down the stretch, you can never, never have, have enough, enough arms. arms. Yeah, you can yeah. never have enough arms, especially when you get into the playoffs and you're asking guys to go on short rest. And there's a big difference for like a a playoff team that you know maybe has like three really good relievers, and now you're throwing in a like you said a Liam Hendricks, a Kendall Graveman. Joe, Joe Kelly. Kelly, yeah, that can like, be good and have playoff experience. Now you have got now now your bullpen can stay decently rested come playoff time because you can go to so many of them. Yep. You're not riding one horse. Yep. Yeah, it, it, even like the starting rotation guys, like a sneaky guy, like you said, Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn's probably like a a three. Like a Lance Lynn could really help rotation. out with the Cardinals if they wanted to take that like they, they could bring help. him back he was a car- he started yeah i know yeah yeah i know but he could really help because he's a cardinal style pitcher a contact kind of guy that's he, going he's to... also an innings eater yeah exactly is like the biggest thing. which will help with their your bullpen struggles mm-hmm. whether you guys are like i think the cardinals need to target them specifically but i'm just saying like i don't believe the white Sox will be the same and it will be interesting to see because tim anderson's kind of becoming one of the faces of mlb because of just how his personality yeah. is, his style, it will be interesting to see like one of the faces of the MLB get traded. Yeah, because I believe I think, that he will be like. I don't think Tim Anderson will have as big of an impact to a playoff team because I mean Tim Anderson's good. I depends on what team he goes to. I feel like he's one guy that will really ride like a. I don't know what you would like a culture. So if you have a good culture in the locker room, a good culture in the, like the dugout, I feel like he can become even of a better player. Because of your personality, he has to go to the right team. Yeah. Though, like yeah. you said, like being like Southside Chicago, that fuck you attitude that works. Yeah. If he goes, if he goes like to the Rays, like just like a like just a throw a weird one to throw out there where they have that kind of attitude, like just a kind of a personality like the Rays where they go at you and they don't really care what you think about them. They're going to win the game how they want to win the game. More talking like the fan base. Like if he goes to a more reserved fan, like you mentioned the Cardinals, Tim Anderson is not a Cardinal. No, he's not a Cardinal. No, like he'd be more of a cub. Like if he went to the Cubs, it would mm -hmm. make sense. If he went to the pirates, it would make sense. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, If he went to the Yankees, the Yankee Yankees. fan base would love him, but they don't need him. They don't need him. Um, You'd really have to find a suitor. Like, if see, I worry about like the Dodgers thinking like, "Hey, we have struggle at shortstop." If White Sox are sellers, like Tim Anderson, because you know they, they the Gavin Lux injury, they've been p- playing games with Mookie Betts at shortstop. Exactly. Yeah, but that's one of those things where it's like I could see that not working super well. Yeah, I don't know if Tim Anderson like if LA Tim Anderson went to guy. the Angels, it wouldn't work. Exactly. That fan base yeah. isn't like that. They're very low key. They're to the reserve. They love their players, but they're not going to like that kind of attitude because all their players are very like soft spoken kind of players. They play to play and they don't speak other than that, really. So but yeah, no. Anyways, I agree. Okay. I think proper proper reaction. I think the White Sox will be sellers at the deadline. I think you can see a lot of turnover there. Mm-hmm. Okay, my first one for you. Mm-hmm. Atlanta is far and away the best team in the National League East, and none of the other teams will come even remotely close to making a push for the division. I feel like that's a proper reaction, honestly. Okay. I Their team is just so complete. It's hard to find holes within that team. You have two really good catchers. 
you have a great starting rotation that's headlined by one of the youngest, like most exciting arms to watch by Strider. Mm-hmm. You have a bullpen that really shows out and just like locks it down anytime they come out. You have young, exciting players in the outfield. You have your veterans that show up. You have such a complete team. It's just hard for me to see. And especially with Ronald Acuna playing like Ronald Acuna of two years ago, it's it's hard to see a better team than them, especially in that division where they're all struggling right now. The reason I bring it up, though, yeah, Atlanta was struggling at the start of last year yeah. around this time. Mets far and away looked like the best team. Yeah, Braves were able to figure out the talent they have and get it to click. The trade that line, yeah. They didn't even necessarily have to do a whole lot of the trade deadline. I think oh, sorry. I'm thinking 2021. My bad. The You don't think a team like the Mets that has that talent maybe like figures it out and maybe goes on a, sh- a little hot streak of their own? Well, it's funny you say that because my next one is Mets miss the playoffs. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think that's an overreaction. I don't know if it is. Like, I get they have good players, but like you're saying, they're not figuring out their direction and they're having a lot of injuries you're missing edwin diaz which was kind of like the heart and soul of your team in a way the edwin diaz thing was very ominous is looking back is now very ominous based off of how the season i still don't agree with other people's reactions about the wbc and everything like that he would have got injured in any way i i i still think what you're saying though is an overreaction because it's a month and a half into the season and there are there are for you to go a step further and say playoffs yeah. is insane to me <laughs> because there are like stories of like the Nationals when they won the World Series mm-hmm. started off notoriously and bad. they squeaked into the playoffs. And yeah, they, I get it. They made it there. I think that saying that they are not going to make the playoffs is is very bold. I don't I I agree with you on the first point, proper reaction that the Braves aren't going to be like no one's gonna get back to no one's gonna get better than the braves in that division no but i don't think that the saying that the match will miss the i think the well it's just the way you started you're giving times for the phillies to figure out what they're doing you're just in a really hard division and nl is not easy in general because like you said when we were talking like when we talk about the d-backs about the d-backs making the playoffs when i said this earlier before the season started nl is really difficult you have the Dodgers, you have the Padres, you have the Braves, you have the Phillies, you have the Mets, and then you have the Central that's a little bit weird. I'm not even going to talk about them because I don't know who's going to come out winning that division, but there's no wild card coming from that division, in my opinion. I don't think there's a wild card coming out of the Central, but I also think like... The Central is good, but I just don't think they're going to compete to the same level as everybody else. What you're also mentioning, though, I th- the reason I think it's an overreaction is because I think a lot of people that are ahead of the Mets are very much overperforming and are going to falter down the stretch. I, I don't get think that. I, I, when I look at it, I just, I don't see a team like Arizona making it over the Mets. No, I'm not saying Arizona's making it over the Mets. Let I don't see a team. That. Well, I, I get what I, I'm just saying like those teams, Arizona came out hot. Yeah. Pittsburgh has come out hot. Like they the Mar- Marlins are above the 500. Yeah. Marlins are above the Mets right now, I believe. Yeah. Like, I just don't see those teams staying ahead of the Mets and, like, staying, like, blocked. Well, you have to remember, so, like, in my head right now, like, NL Central, whoever the division winner is, whatever. Then you have the Padres, Dodgers, NL West. One of them is winning the the division. 
Yeah. Then in the East, you have Rays winning the division. Yep. They're out of those three next teams. The Dodgers or Padres. That's one team. Yeah. The Phillies or the Mets. You know, it's like, I just feel like the Mets can miss the playoffs. They are in a dangerous position where they've started off slow. They have this history of not being able to finish it off in the, like, at the end. I, and think, I, the, just... I think the Mets are a wild card team. That's going to be my, that's going to be okay. my, I think it's, it's an, fair. I think what you're saying is an overreaction. It, it could be an overreaction, but I just feel like there, there's a question to it right now. Okay. My second one. All teams are above 500. All teams in the American League East are above 500 and have a positive run differential. Okay. Mm-hmm. At least three teams from this division will make the playoffs. Mm. At least three teams. Hang on, let me think. I think that's a little bit of overreaction. Okay. I think that's a little bit of overreaction. Just because, like, the same situation in the NL. That same situation happens in the AL, where a lot of the talent is spread into the other divisions, too. AL East has always been a powerhouse. We get that. They, this is a common thing that happens every few years, where every AL East team is probably going to be over 600. They're all probably going to be around like 80 wins, and they're going to be great. But I feel like there are certain teams that are going to cool down in the stretch. I think the Orioles are going to cool down a little bit. Their starting rotation isn't that great. They are overperforming. Uh, not overperforming, but they're performing well right now. They're going to cool down. The Red Sox, their offense is hot, but I don't think they're going to be able to keep this up the whole year. Red Sox don't have the pitching for the whole year. Exactly. Yeah. And their offense, I, I feel like, will cool off. Like, Yoshida's on a crazy tear right now. So is Verdugo. Like, they're just playing great right now. And if they get Duvall back, it will help them even more. I feel like they'll cool down. Yankees, they're great, obviously. There have been a little struggles, and their health has really, like, hindered them. Being able to, they are missing two of their starting pitchers, all of that. Sucks for them, but I don't know. They definitely are would could make into the playoffs. The Rays, I, they're just so solid every year. You can't say they're not going to make the playoffs, especially how they're playing. Wander Franco is playing with people out there right now while, while he's playing defense. He doesn't care. He's doing that ball flip shit in the defense, and then Nixon, he's going up and hitting a home run. That's just a nuke. Like it's just a ridiculous team. Who am I missing from the AL East? Um, Yankees, Rays, Red Sox. Oh, Blue Jays. Blue Jays the blue jays are just a weird team they're really good yeah but they're streaky in general like they play really well and then out of nowhere their starting rotation is very inconsistent right now and that's where i'm not liking it they're, they're like gosman will go out there and have a great start where his sinker is looking like the best sinker that's ever been shown in the mlb and then he'll go out next time his velocity drops by two to three miles per hour and his sinker doesn't have enough movement, and it's just he's getting owned. And I, I see the same thing with Manoa. So I believe that the AL East will be strong, and I think there's at least two teams that will have playoff spots from it, but I don't think they'll take all, th- all okay. two. Yeah, and the I Blue don't Jays, think they'll have three. Circling back to what we talked about earlier, the Blue Jays are one of those teams where maybe they go pick off one of the White Sox starters. Yeah, absolutely. I like think if that happens. You mentioned like the Cardinals should target, depending on how... It feels so weird to say as a Cardinals fan, but depending on how the Cardinals are doing at the trade deadline... They could be selling. Maybe not necessarily selling, but I would almost see the Cardinals being a team where they maybe take a flyer on one of those guys like Giolito or Kopech if yeah. they're not necessarily in it as someone who is see them a younger Cardinals pitcher that would be good going forward and like, hey, we see something, we think we can fix something. Yeah. 
rather than a Lance Lynn who is like more of a rental like for a playoff team. Like if if the Cardinals are closer to the playoffs, maybe a Lance Lynn. Yeah. Because he's a safer starting pitcher option. But a team like the Blue Jays getting Lance Lynn and just shoring up that rotation, that that could be really big for them. That could be a That's catalyst a good point. for That's a good point, yeah. The Blue Jays. But yeah, I, I'm not buying into the all like three ALE teams. They're okay. very good, but I feel like it's gonna be a situation where there's another division. Like I, I feel like the West is very in that conversation where they're yeah. all pretty good, and later on the year, it's gonna be a race for that last wild card spot. I I could even do, see a tiebreaker happening. I do think that if one of the ALE teams misses, not necessarily the Red Sox or the. Orioles, because we kind of thought the Red Sox or Orioles would be a fringe team. Yeah. We kind of thought that they were going to need to improve a little bit more over the next offseason. It felt like both of them were kind of in a let some young guys play, see what we got Mm -hmm. type of season. But between the Yankees, the Rays, and the Blue Jays, if whatever one of those teams, if what you're saying, like two teams make it, whatever one of those teams does not make the playoffs will be a massive disappointment. And there could be like a big fallout that comes from it. I see more of the Yankees missing it. It's not because they're bad and they're playing bad. Yeah. I just think the injury bug has bitten them too much this year. And but if do they think don't get healthy later Yankees, on. If the Yankee the Yankees missing the playoffs would be exciting though because Boone's gone. Yeah. Cashman's gone. Yeah. Like Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So my next one it's like player specific on this one. Okay. Zach Gallen has his best chance of winning the NL Cy Young this year. Overreaction. Overreaction? Overreaction. Are you sure about that? Zach Gallen is not a Cy Young winner, in my He's mind. He's not a Cy Young winner. Cy- Why is that? Zach Gallen, I just don't think his ceiling is like... When I'm looking at pitchers and I'm thinking about pitchers in the National League... Zach Gallen's ceiling is just not there. I think Zach Gallen. What is he missing? What are you saying that he's missing? I think Zach Gallen's talent level has always, always has always been and always will be. He's a really great number two. Uh-huh. But I, when I'm thinking of pitchers, I don't put Zach Gallen in that tier of. And this is not. I'm not trying to shit on Zach Gallen because I do think he's very good. But Zach Gallen is not a Sandy Alcantara, a Max Scherzer, a Justin Verlander. Um, I know some of those guys aren't having like the best seasons. Some of those guys have been hurt, mm-hmm. but like those are the names that I associate with being like the top top tier of pitchers. And I just don't think that Zach Gallen has the arsenal or like the stuff to do that for a full season. Yeah, but then you're you're probably guys. going into counting stats. What counting stat is he missing? Where you're saying that he's not? A, I'm not a, talking like about. A, counting stats i'm talking about just him as a pitcher his talent level but that would be his counting stats then wouldn't it be like i'm not sure exactly what you're saying because well okay you need the counting stats to win an award but he does not have the stuff to get those counting stats i don't think he does it over a full season i don't think he i don't think zach right now his k per nine is a 11.6 his uh walks per nine is a one and his FIP is ridiculous. It's the FIP is actually like his ERA is higher than yeah. his FIP, so his defense is failing him. He's no, he's he's off to a great start, like you said. He's striking out. But and like I said, I'm not saying he's winning the Cy Young. I said this is his best chance to win the Cy Young. I want you to hear that specifically because this is his best chance to win the Cy Young. Yes. Okay. Because of injuries with other players, 
and with how they're performing early in the year where it's affecting them. Like the only person I would say that's really on board the like with like what Zach Allen's been putting up in the early stages is Spencer Strider. I just don't think so. I just don't think Zach okay. Allen does it. I don't think his, I don't okay. think this is his no. I think you're just a little salty. I mean, I guess if you're away. if you're wanting to really focus on like best chance to win a Cy Young, sure. But I still think it's an overreaction because I don't think he ever has had or ever will have a chance to win a Cy Young. Mm, that's a fucking hard take right there. I know it's a little bit. That's a, okay. Well, I mean, I'm going into <laughs> okay, this. Fine. This is a statement that is going to piss off some people. Okay. This is something that. Uh, I think you are just going to laugh at, but I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. Mm-hmm. We're a month and a half into the season. Yeah. I'm just going to read you the sla- the slash line of this player, and I want you to take a guess and tell me who it is. Okay. He's hitting 210. He's getting on base uh, at a rate of 278, and his slugging percentage is 399. OPS plus is below 100 like an 89 ops plus is a below 100 below 100 below league average well below league average hitter here. batting average yep what the fuck like home run totals i don't have that on here i can look it up real yeah, quick can you look it up yeah i got you like i'm not good with average but like home run totals and all that stuff i i can get a better idea with other so, stuff uh, OPS is uh just so you know is six seventy seven. OPS plus is eighty nine. Home runs so far this year we have six. Six home runs. Yep. What the fuck? What position does he play? I can guess this. <laughs> I hate this. I want to guess him. The player's Julio Rodriguez. Oh yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. The take, I know where you're going with this. The take is it is time for Mariners fans to be concerned about Julio. Mm. so over i I would say overreaction it's an overreaction okay i understand where you're coming from he's still hitting the ball hard okay this is what i was always concerned with when i was talking to my roommate when we were ever we talking about julio is he always has amazing exit velos he hits the ball hard every time but his launch angles are god-awful and this is what I'll say watching Julio because I do watch him a good amount. He needs to come up with an approach at the plate because right now what's going on is he's swinging at first pitch. It's a high fastball. He's grounding out into double plays like nobody else. He is becoming like a liability in the leadoff spot because he's coming up with a runner on, on first base, hitting into a double play, ending the inning when there's either running runners in scoring position or it's a good opportunity to score a run. I think he needs to just take a step back, stop being a, too aggressive. He's being a little too aggressive at the plate. If he does, he'll be he'll get better. Okay, so I I guess how I would rate this overreaction is saying like he's a too talented of a player not to figure it out. He'll be fine. He'll make the adjustment. Yes. Underreaction would be like he needs to be sent down proper reaction would so you're saying it's an overreaction it's you're over saying reaction. he'll figure it out he'll figure it out i think that to, someone just needs to get into his ear be like hey to your point though to yeah. just pushing back on you a little bit his average you said he hits the ball hard yeah his max exit velocity is 98th percentile some of the best in the league yeah his average exit velocity is only 76th percentile and now. i can explain that very easily his k percentage is yeah horrible. 20th percentile very bad yeah 
walk percentage 37 yeah pretty bad or walk not 30 he's not walking 37 yeah, yeah. of the time 37th percentile no, as I far as the league you're goes you're on baseball savant i get it um his chase rate 17th percentile yeah. in the league with percentage 24th percentile in yep. the league so it's because well i don't want to say like i know exactly what the problem is i feel like he swings for the fences a lot he is trying to hit the ball hard i don't think he needs to and the reason his stats look that bad of his like average exit velo, all that stuff, is he like I said, he is swinging at first pitch and getting jammed. He he's letting the pitchers just pitch him inside, and he hasn't figured it out at all year. It is concerning. Don't get me wrong, but I do believe it's an overreaction just because I feel like he will figure it out. Someone will tell him like, hey, let's create with approach. For you to come without a plate so we can actually get you on base. Because he needs to be on base overall more than anything. And that's what he's not getting right now. Okay. Okay. So you're saying overreaction. overreaction. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think I think what we're seeing with Julio is he was a young player, super talented, great athlete, exploded onto the scene yeah. last year. I think he's so talented. Yeah. I think... Now that people have seen him for a year and had an offseason to digest, like, okay, how are we going to pitch to this guy? We're seeing that, and now, like, we're seeing the league make an adjustment on him. Yes. It's a sophomore. Now it, now it goes, now it's on Julio to make an adjustment. Yeah. And understand, like, they've found my weakness. Maybe these are weaknesses I didn't know I had. Now I have to make that adjustment. Yep. If Julio can understand that, it's a give and a take. I'm going to make an adjustment. People are going to make an adjustment to that adjustment. I need to adjust again. He'll be fine. If he's if, if this approach continues and we are kind of seeing similar behavior come June, it's I think concerning. it's time to be concerned. Yeah. Uh, he has a great person in the clubhouse, though, to talk to about having those same struggles. Jerry Kelnick. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't think I was going to bring him up? Is this is this your fourth one? No, 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 oh, not at okay. all, no. But I'm just saying he has a great guy to go to. Jared Kelnick struggled so much in his first two years in the major level. And now you see that he actually has a plan coming up to the plate most of the time. Yeah, but Jared Kelnick's a bad teammate. And because of the Rotary Club meeting from a couple of years ago, Jared Kelnick's going to be like, no, you got your extension. Fuck you. I hope you do shit. You should have never been rated higher than me as a prospect. And until I get paid more than you, I'm not going to help you with jack shit because that's who Jared Kellenick is. Doubtful he's a good teammate. You Jared Kellenick's a, a horrible teammate. Opinion. I hate Jared Kellenick. I hate Jared Kellenick. Don't bring him up. We get that. That's Jerry Bonds to you, though. Fuck you. Read me All your right. next one. My fourth one is Otani won't get traded, but he should. Oh, wow. Um, I have an Angels one on here too. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's hear your. You want to take them together? Sure. Okay, so I kind of had a kind of similar. I said the Angels are twenty and sixteen, currently second place in the American League West. Mm-hmm. This is the year they get Mike Trout and Shohei Otani to the playoffs. I think what you said is an overreaction. Overreaction. What was yours again? They'll get him to the playoffs. I think this is the year that Mike Trout and Shohei Otani make the playoffs. I think that's a fair reaction for yours. Yeah. Let me say why I think that like they should trade Otani, but they won't. Okay. It's in the same ballpark of what you're saying. They are going to be enough in the playoff push at deadline 
where they'll be like, okay, we're going to buy a little bit, maybe buy a little bit of starting pitching, whatever it might be that they think they need, and they're going to make the playoff push. They do make the playoffs, but they get absolutely demolished in the playoffs because they don't have any playoff experience. Teams are going to pick apart all those guys that are kind of not consistently performing on the team. Okay. Otani's going to leave anyways. So that's why I'm saying he won't get traded, but he should because you need to get value from Otani. And see, this is where I... This is where I say it's an overreaction. Okay. Because if they make the playoffs or they're in playoff contention, you trade Otani. And I, I get everything you're saying where it's like he could walk after the season. He could uh like the the prospect bounty that you would get back for Shohei Otani is unlike any that we would have ever. They should ever have traded him before. last year, they would have gotten more, but yeah. However, the Angels are improving. They have needed pitching the past couple of years. They've drafted a lot of pitchers. Mm-hmm. It's an organization that's trending upwards. My pushback to you, they could very well be big-time buyers at the deadline. They yeah. have people in the farm system. We're seeing some young prospects come up. Logan O'Hop getting hurt. That sucks. sucks. Yeah, it really sucks. But mm-hmm. Zach, Loved watching him. Zach Nito coming up at shortstop. I, yeah. Like, you are... I'm saying what you said is an overreaction because if you make that move, if you're somewhat close to the playoffs and you trade Otani, you have to go so far backwards as an organization because you're sending the message to players that you don't really care about making the playoffs. Like, if you trade Otani, in my mind, you have to get trapped out of there. I'm not saying that they're like that they need to trade Otani. You're but saying, I'm saying they're going to lose you're saying the value should, you could have gotten from Otani. But I'm saying long run, it's going to be worse. Because so if, you're saying, okay. because if you make yeah. the playoffs and your buyer's at the trade deadline, you're you're assuming that the Angels get bounced first round based on the roster they have now. Yeah. You're totally excluding the fact that they could get way better trade deadline at the trade deadline. It's On top of that, Shohei Otani is a free agent. But a return to Los Angeles is not completely out the door. And if you get Shohei yeah. and you show Shohei like everything that you wrote out with us, we're here. We're right here. As a team, we're making that push. And if they are close to making that push, and if they are like they improve at the trade deadline in the next offseason, they could like bring Shohei back, bring in a couple more guys and be a top end team. That is what's best for them. Yeah. Trading Shohei you completely lose that possibility. I get that. I just don't see... This is what I see happening, like I said. They either miss the playoffs barely, and they're devastated. They make the playoffs, and they get bounced really really fast. I, I understand what you're saying. A trade deadline, they can make moves. But here's my thing. All those guys on that team have, like, zero playoff experience. You can go to Anthony Rendon... That won the World Series with the Nationals, sure. But he wasn't like he was a big part of that team, but like really what pushed that team over the top was their pitching that year. Like that's what carried the team. It wasn't like Anthony Redone was having an insane postseason. Mike Trout has played like one playoff series his whole career. You have Brandon Drury on the team that filled in on this a Padres late last year, but it's not like he was the guy. He was being used in situations. I'm just saying that overall team, I feel like if they hit the playoffs, they're going to be kind of lost. And that's why I just don't, I don't have belief 
And I don't know if Shohei wants to go to the playoffs and then lose. I think that's going to add salt to the wound of where he's already like not really enjoying it there. I just think the only way that your statement I, is a proper reaction is if the Angels miss the playoffs. If the yeah. Angels miss the playoffs and they don't trade Shohei, it's a horrible look. It's yeah. like when the Cubs last year didn't trade Hap and didn't trade Contreras at the deadline. It did end up working for Hap, at least. It most likely I, will. The Hap thing worked, and the Cubs are a lot better this year. But like, And taking like a bridge with Jan Gomes for catcher, it's a little bit different than generational talent of a pitcher and a hitter that can win MVP at either position if he just played that position. I, I still think that yours is an overreaction. The only way it's a proper reaction is in a world where the Angels miss the playoffs, and I think they get a wild card spot this year. Which, But I... I also get what you're saying. Like, if they have a bad trade deadline, and the Rangers stay good, and the Astros get good, and the Mariners kind of start, and the AL East stays up, the same thing yeah. the whole time. You know, it's just like it's a hard AL's hard. There's a lot of good teams, but I also get what you said of like if you do trade them, you're setting a precedent that maybe the clubhouse won't like. I get that, and I respect that. Well, I just think if you trade Shohei in a year where you have taken a step, seemingly taken a step forward. And yeah. you throw that out the window. You have to, like, Mike Trout is going to be like, you have to trade me. Because Mike Trout has had injury issues. Mm-hmm. He's only getting older. Like, he's now in his 30s. He's not, like, some young superstar who we have unlimited time with. Like, dude deserves, dude is going to want to go compete for a championship. Yeah. And if you are constantly doing things that make it so you can't compete for a championship, he's He'll not be out, too. Yeah, yeah. He'll be out. Yeah. I just, eh. I'm not confident in the Angels right now. Okay. All right, my so, last one. You ready? Yeah. Contreras will be traded from the Cardinals by the deadline. Such an overreaction. <laughs> Such an overreaction. Okay, He'll want I out. Fucking, you know, uh, let me put it like a... this. Let me put it like this. He'll want out. Let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. That's an overreaction. Uh-huh. And this is not a Wilson Contreras problem that is happening in St. Louis. This is a John Mazalock and... Oliver Marmol problem. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Listen, something that went under the radar last year, Cardinals coaching staff under Marmol underwent a lot of changes. We got rid of our hitting coach. Yep. We got rid of our pitching coach. Our pitching coach is now the Rangers pitching coach. So whatever. But you, I'm looking at, I'm, I look at what is happening with the Contreras situation and it's such bullshit because we knew going into this season, that the Cardinals pitching staff was weak. Everyone knew it. Everyone knew it. We knew that the starting rotation was dog shit. Your our starting rotation opening day, which everyone should remember, was Miles Michaelis, Jack Flaherty, Jordan Montgomery, Wayno, Steven Matz, and Jake Woodford. Oh, Wayno was on. Wayno was hurt. Oh. Wayno okay. made his season debut last weekend. Okay. So also this is a. We also knew signing Contreras that this is a guy that is not Yadi Molina. Yadi Molina was a career like his over the course of his career, he's a fairly average hitter. Like he had seasons where he popped off, but he was a fairly average hitter. What made Yadi Yadi was almost being that like second manager on the field and how well or just how good of a catcher he was. Contreras is a guy we brought in because he is because he could hit like he is a 
good catch. He's a he's an all right defensive catcher. Yeah, he's shown improvements throughout his career defensively, but that's not what makes Wilson Contreras one of the best catchers in baseball. It's his offense. It's his offense. Yeah, like if you're looking at Jose, like say you're looking at Jose Trevino and Wilson Contreras. Trevino is a guy that again, kind of like Yachty, maybe league average hitter, insane defense, but. Contreras, like he rakes, so we knew he wasn't gonna be as good defensively. But to blame every all of the pitch calling shit on Contreras is mind blowing to me. We've made terrible bullpen decisions. Like we have bad, like our our pitchers are bad. We knew they were gonna be bad. If you go through the pitchers and look at like a lot of their stats, a lot of guys are having like seasons pretty much in line with their career career mm-hmm. except for maybe like like michaelis and flaherty but flaherty is pitching for the first time since a lot of his injury issues yeah like this is his first extended season he's gonna need some time to figure some stuff out i like that's a guy that i have some faith in yeah montgomery's look great are yeah. we just gonna completely discount the fact that montgomery's having a career year michaelis has been a little bit below what we expect out of him but michaelis is also a veteran and he has a really good feel he has a lot of really good feel for his stuff so to blame it on Contreras is kind of asinine because michaelis will michaelis knows what he wants to do in certain situations he'll talk to wilson Contreras. he'll like they'll get on the same game plan and Contreras is also a veteran in the league that has caught for six years that's won a world series like you look at other backstops that got moved last year like sean murphy to the braves and hasn't had issues or like Contreras' brother going to well that's because the brewers just have a factory for catchers oh so you watch the foolish baseball yeah 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 yeah. but that's exactly goes into my point it is a poor job from the organization and the coaching to get Contreras and the pitchers on the same page if that's the case i guess that's what leads into like kind of the underlying thing of the issue for the cardinals this year it's marmola he has created so many issues this whole year where he's making these decisions where he is instead of taking responsibility like maybe i'm not managing this team right he is saying no it's the player's fault that we are this bad and for the fans to be upset that we're playing this bad thinking that we're not more upset than them like, he is just choosing enemies every which way he goes, protecting his own ass instead of taking some kind of responsibility for how the team is ran right now. Well, I read an article today where Adam Wainwright was, like, asked by a reporter, and he said that he would happily pitch to Contreras. Yeah. So, Contreras definitely has his team beats behind him. Yeah, no, I don't believe that and Contreras that's, is the that's problem why at all. I, that's why I think your thing is an overreaction, because there we just committed $87.5 million to Contreras yeah. over five years. Yeah. And his teammates that... like him. So him being traded would just not happen. We'd get rid of Marmol. Yeah, but I'm not it's sure much how more the Cardinals likely. are with how they're ran. Because like the Cardinals are a respectable franchise. They've never been in like that much trouble with the MLB. They don't really get into it with other MLB fans. They're just very passionate about their own team. They are annoying. We did, in a we sense. did have the guy hack the Astros computer system and whatnot, but you know he got fired. It was fine. Like, yes, are you are you guys a little bit annoying? Yes, you guys are a little bit of a uh, schnobs, as I would say. 
about baseball. You guys think that you are always the best team and you're the best franchise in baseball. Well, it... uh, hang on, okay. hang on. Okay. I don't believe it, it's hard for the Cardinals organization. I'm not saying it's the owner. I don't know how long this owners own the team or whatever it is. Like, I don't know much about that. But as a franchise, I feel like they have a hard time saying, we made a mistake with this manager. We're going to fire him. And that's where I'm saying that it's not going to be them wanting to trade Wilson. It's going to be Wilson not liking the situation of, hey, I want to be a catcher, not just a DH. And unless Marmol is fired, he is going to ask to get out of there. I don't think, even if he asks to get out, I don't think the Cardinals will trade him. And this isn't a sport like basketball or football where guys like can just sit or guys just like sit out when they yeah, are in a situation I get that, that. They like you know brian reynolds asked to be traded before he got his contract extension from pittsburgh and he was still out playing i i think that they're gonna hold on to marmol longer than they should because mazalek has gotten to pick the past three managers past or since larusa matheny was He's he's not a great manager. He was he did so well because he had the car because he was in the Cardinals organization. Mm-hmm. Schilt Schilt was all right. Some of his bullpen decisions were poor, but I also now with Marmol, I wonder how much of that is Schilt or how much of it is like the. Is Mosellac and the president of base, who's our president of baseball operations, being like, these are the guys that I want out on the field. These are the guys I want in these scenarios. And that is supported by his manager choices because Marmol was Schilt's bench coach. Yeah. And the part of the reason Schilt got fired is because the Cardinals wanted to move more into like analytics and yeah. like looking at stuff like that. Not old school anymore. Which is the whole reason why. Um, Alex Reyes came in to pitch that game where Chris Taylor walked it off against us yeah, in yeah. the NL wild card when we almost beat the 100-plus win Dodgers, knocked them out of the playoffs first round in the wild card game, but it's whatever. But, like... Almost as different than you actually want, doing it. You wanted to change that, but then you bring in, like, okay, Marmol is more accepting to sabermetrics and looking at the stat sheet, but him and Schilt are gonna think a lot of the same because she'll hire him as his bench coach yeah like it's just i don't i don't like the thing is i don't think it's either or's problem it's both their problems because they're going about it the same way and they both made the same kind of mistakes where Schilt is like the gm or whatever Schilt was the manager of the cardinals oh sorry who's your gm right now um well he's our president of baseball ops it's john mazalak mazalak Feeling like Mosellac went into the offseason with a bad mindset saying our pitching will do its job. We'll be okay. We don't need to get pitching in this offseason. Horrible decision. We're seeing that right now. And now Marmol is trying to back him, whatever it is. Marmol is trying to back him saying, oh, we're fine. It's not that problem. It's our players aren't paying with enough passion or whatever it is. But we're seeing that Marmol has said too many things in this short amount of season that's been played where he has had the players obviously not on his side or playing worse because of what he has said or the decisions he has made yeah he's not been great for the clubhouse this year and then a lot of the decisions that have been made or like i mean the tyler o'neill thing was bad now we have this thing and everyone is blaming 
everything but the pitching, which is almost kind of like you said, a cover your own ass thing. Like, Moselec doubled down on the pitching in the offseason and said, like, why would we go sign or trade for another starting pitcher? We have six of them. And he had, and he was talking about Dakota Hudson when he mentioned that, which, by the way, Dakota Hudson has not been out of Memphis this year. Dakota Hudson has not made a start for the Cardinals this year. We had Jake Woodford starting instead. Woodford's going to the bullpen. I think that's going to be good for him because Woodford was good out of the bullpen last year. Yeah, A lot of people... I remember him last year. He was good out of the bullpen last year. But the best case scenario is this starting rotation had a bunch of like threes and maybe a couple twos. Yeah, they didn't like, have that ace. We have a lot of guys that are back end of the rotation, guys. We don't have an ace. We don't really have a frontline number two. Like Jordan, Jordan Montgomery is maybe overperforming for what he's been. Yeah. Jordan Montgomery has always been a guy that I was like, I love him as a three. Yeah. Why Steven Matz is in our starting rotation is fucking beyond me. Yeah. Why, like, he was he had a good season with the Mets, then he was dog shit. Then he had a good season with the Blue Jays. Like, we took, we fell for the Steven Matz trap. We are getting fucked over now because of that. But, like, Wainwright's old. Wainwright should have been our fifth guy. It's not so much like these guys may be starting pitchers in some people's rotations, except Matt's, fuck Steven Matt's, but everyone else, like they might be starting pitchers in other people's mm-hmm. rotations, but they're threes, they're fours, they're fives. It just shows that like we don't, there's no, it, to me, it doesn't look like there is any like sense of urgency when it comes to going and fucking competing for a World Series. Yeah. And there needs to be because Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, like they're in their 30s. Like, I get that we have young pitching. Like, we have Gordon Graceffo. We have Tink Hentz. We have frontline. Libertor, if he can figure it out. Libertor, if he can figure it out. We have frontline pitching prospects. Yeah. Also, Libertor was doing good in Memphis. So yeah. I don't know why he hasn't been brought up into our They're rotation. probably just scared. It's the whole Cardinals thing. This is turned into a Cardinals therapy session he can't for Gunner. Be, he can't be worse than Steven Matz. <laughs> this but is like, just a therapy session for you at this point. You're letting everything out. The th- like, there is definitely improvements that could be like. Yeah. There would have been a sense of urgency to win if they would have gone and traded for Pablo Lopez. Yeah. Or maybe like signed a Carlos Rodon. Yeah. And like, that would completely change the profile of this team. What I'm saying mainly is, uh, the Contreras situation. But the Contreras situation. I, and it's showing I st- a problem with the Cardinals organization. I still think in it's an overreaction because you forget how much. Contreras wanted to come to the Cardinals yes. in the offseason. But things can change very easily things if you're can disrespected. Listen, it hasn't been a great start, but I think that I think that they would get rid of um and he has handled it so well, by the way. Yeah. But they would get rid of Marmol. Things would things would change. And I'm hoping this is kind of delusional. How it's gotten out to the public has been bad. I'm hoping the discussions internally with Contreras have been more positive, and the stuff that I've seen about him talking with the pitching coach and the pitcher and Kisner between innings and kind of getting on the same page for stuff like that has kind of moved, like, is showing that... Because the plan... They've always said the plan from the start is to get him back behind the plate. I'm hoping that... Contrera, like the conversations internally have maybe gone a little bit better. I don't think they have. Yeah. I can hope. But we also, this isn't like, 
he's not going to get traded. It's not sustainable to have Andrew Kisner behind the plate every day. Kisner has been hot with the bat, albeit since he's been named our starting catcher. He's been doing okay <laughs> with the bat, but he's horrible defensively. Yeah. Like, he's not Contreras, where it's like, he's all right defensively. He sucks. Good. Yeah, it's like... It's okay to be all right defensively, but have a really good bat. But Kisner's up and down. He's not proven that he his, is a good his, hitter. He's never been a good hitter, and he can't really play defense, which is why at the start of the season I wanted Trez Barrera, who is good defensively and was actually having a good spring at the dish, to be our second catcher. Mm-hmm. Or our second catcher behind Contreras. Like These couple games have not changed my complete outlook on Kisner. I it's not sustainable what we're doing. Contreras will be back behind the plate. He won't be traded by the All Star break. By the All Star break, by the trade deadline, the Cardinals will be above five hundred, and Contreras will be our primary catcher. Again. I'll hold you to that. All right, what's your fifth one? My fifth one, my last one for you before we wrap this show up. Yeah, I was a lot nicer to you than you were to me. <laughs> Just so you know. Cor- my my you can say whatever this you is want. kind of a two-parter yeah this is kind of a this is kind of a two-parter so you could take it in two parts yeah and like you could give me an overreaction for the first and okay. then an overreaction for the second corbin carroll is even better than advertised okay that's the first part mm-hmm. second part is not only will he be the national league rookie of the year but he will be in strong consideration for the mvp as well rookie of the year proper reaction okay uh i feel like he has it locked down right now as long as he can keep healthy and not do some boneheaded plays like he did in colorado and get injured for a bit do you think he's been better than advertised better than advertised it's hard because where he's playing right now it's like almost like what we were expecting a five tool player that's gonna have power Uh, honestly i would say he's a little bit better than advertised just because his power to opposite field is way better than I ever expected. Like he is hitting bombs to opposite field more than he is actually pulling it, which is concerning, but also cool to look at in the same respect because some of the stuff he's hitting the other way are like inside pitches. So you don't like seeing that every, every time I say he's a little bit better than advertised his defense. I want to see a little better. His jumps aren't that great, but his speed covers for his jumps. He has bad reads on balls, but if he can get better at that, he's the future center fielder. Because right now, I don't see Alec Thomas having a future too much as more than a role player every once in a while in the D-backs. Because he just can't hit. He's not figuring it out. He strikes out a lot. So, I feel like Corbin Carroll. MVP votes? Oh. I said consideration. For the, I think he'll get MVP votes. Consideration for the MVP is a little What's bit What's consideration MVP? Consideration is, is top three. Overreaction. Okay. This year, it's too much of a reaction. He'll finish top 10 in MVP voting at the rate. If he continued to play as good as he did, he'd be top 10 MVP. Yeah. Um, if his defense gets better and he's like a center fielder, I feel like he would get close to top three, probably top five this year. But he's not playing in the outfield as much as he needs to. Because um... like Julio Rodriguez, like so his rookie season stats, he hit 284. 345 on base, 509 slugging percentage. That's an OPS of 853 and an OPS plus of 144. Yeah. And so he was the, he was the rookie of the year. How many MVP votes? Like what place did he get? Did he, he got get? seventh in MVP voting. So here's the thing with Corbin Carroll. He needs to get on base more. Okay. 
right now for that to happen because he needs to steal more ba- bags. Okay. Um, I believe that he'll get to 20 home runs pretty easy right now. If he gets like a 30-40 season, then I could see the top three in MVP voting happening. But also, the Car- uh, not the Cardinals, fuck. We've been talking about them too long. The D-backs need to have a playoff push by the end of it to showing that like he has improved the season, like improved the team overall by the season. I believe that though the MVP vote top three is a little bit of overreaction right now. Okay. I think he'll cool down a bit. I'll have to be realistic. His on base hasn't been looking as great as it needs to be. He whiffs a lot on breaking balls. He's struggling on pitches he didn't struggle last year on, but that was a small sample size. I'll give him that. I do think that he is a little bit better than advertised, though. His power is a lot better than we ever expected, especially okay. during that wrist injury. But yeah. yeah, that's what I would say with that one. All right. I, I like that. I agree with that. Um, yeah. Great episode. Yeah. Um, obviously, this one's a little bit longer. We did do a little bit of tangents. Oh, this is what's going to happen. I, 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 think this, I think this is about the length that you could expect. Yeah, probably. Maybe we, a little bit shorter in the summer when we get to the dog days when there's really only just baseball. Yeah. Like us trying to like cover all the playoff series. Even when the playoffs get a little bit later on, it's going to be easier yeah. to cover it when it's just two games on each side. But the, the months where like there's no basketball, there's no hockey before football season when it's just baseball and we're just talking about slight nfl news yeah like august when we can start ramping up with some fantasy football stuff yes episodes should be around two hours but... i do actually have an nfl question for you okay. it's a big quick okay. one you can just give me your opinion on this okay are the jets going to be better this year and are they going to win the east they're not going to win the east but they'll be better they'll be better i i truly believe when I was watching that team last year, that they were just a quarterback away. I truly believe that. And I I think that their defense is phenomenal. I think they've made some improvements at, uh, on offense. I think some of their younger skill players are going to take a little bit of a step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, like a Garrett Wilson, yeah. for example. like Having Aaron Rodgers sort of helps. Yeah, and so I think Aaron, like Aaron Rodgers doesn't even have to be MVP Aaron Rodgers for the Jets to make no. the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers can just be like, because my hot take was I honestly, before like the Jets Aaron Rodgers thing came out, I thought even like a Derek Carr or a Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Jets. Just like game manager, kind yeah. of like game manager. Yeah. would have. But now that you have Aaron Rodgers there, I don't think they're going to be first in the division. I think they'll be second. I think the Bills, Bills are still okay. better. I like. It's still Josh Allen. Yeah, and yeah. The Bills. And the, yeah, that offense. Like, that team is really yeah. good. Yeah. And they were able to bring, like, Jordan Poyer back and yeah. stuff like that What's on defense. Big? I. Did they lose Von Miller? Or is he still there? Ooh. Um... Because that's, like, a big key right there is their, their rush. If their rush got better, they're, like, worse. He's still with the. He's, he's still with the Bills. Okay. Yeah. Then, yeah. Okay. Uh, all I will say about the situation of Aaron Rodgers really quick is this is very interesting to me. I've n- I can't remember ever a defensive back being the one recruiting a quarterback to their team. Sauce Gardner taking it upon himself being like, hey, yo, <laughs> come over to the, <laughs> the Jets. We want you badly <laughs> is something I've never seen or heard for before. Honestly, I can't think of another time that's ever happened where it's like, a DB is like, I really want this quarterback on this team. I think he's I think, doing the Jets a big favor with that. I think Aaron Rodgers will. They'll definitely go. They'll definitely go to the playoffs. Yeah, they will. 
They'll be a good team. I'm excited to see like Bills Jets twice this year. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, the Jets will just be fun to watch in general. I agree. All right, um, well, that's like the little question I had for you. Yeah. Okay. So, other than that, episode over is going to be around two hours, maybe just shorter two hours. But thank you everyone for listening. Thanks yep, for thank listening you. to the inaugural episode. We will be back next week. With another episode, we'll be talking more NBA, more NHL, wrapping up the playoffs for that, more baseball stuff. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, it's going to be at the final play pod underscore underscore. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening to this on. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>